Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Uh, I just want to bring us into a sharp focus. Uh, there is at the moment a BRICS business forum that is taking place and all sorts of things are going on. And I know a lot is going on at the moment in the news and you may have missed this one, but they started yesterday. They've taken a break today, but it's going to be a couple of days um, that they're going to be looking into issues affecting us and other BRICS countries. So our guest this afternoon um, is the chairperson of the Team SA at BRICS Business Council. She joins us now on the line. It's Busi Mabu. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon, Busi. Thank you for the opportunity, Pimelo. Thank you. So the, it's it's a big uh, discussion point today because, not today, this particular forum that we're having this time around because a lot is going on. The theme is common vision for sustainable, inclusive development. But there are so many things to address in trying to tackle inclusive development. And so many things to address so urgently, mm. uh, Timelo, as you were referring to Mamtaini there and the challenges that we have with our infrastructure and all manner of things. We are hoping to learn lessons from our BRICS partners, how they have been able to position their economy to trade out of their very negative impact that our respective economies have suffered uh, under the COVID lockdown conditions. And yesterday was a very exciting opening opportunity where there were three sessions that were run concurrently, mm-hmm. one focusing on just specifically economic development within the BRICS nations mm-hmm. and how COVID has raised some issues and what actions people should be taking in respect of that. And then, I apologize, uh, no Camilla. That's the, that's lazy theory. Um, <laughs> technology, technology is really sometimes just so funny. So tell it Siri, you know, to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm sitting down now. I've told her to sit down. Also. You've told her. Okay. Thank you so Thank much. You. you can continue. So, Pimela, may I just start by a little bit of history on the BRICS Business Council as well. Mm-hmm. South Africa joined um, the BRICS Nations in 2010, mm-hmm. and this was two years into uh, the BRICS formation. Mm-hmm. And the BRICS Business Council was launched in 2015 mm-hmm. when South Africa hosted for the very first time the BRICS nations here in South Africa, in Devon. The argument for the BRICS Business Council was that we need um, business to be close to what the heads of state and what our respective governments are discussing and the policies that they are formulating Mm -hmm. so that there is actually implementation on, on the ground. Now, this particular forum that we're in the midst of at the moment is has actually got three stakeholders, Mm -hmm. business, government, and civil society. Mm -hmm. Normally it happens on the eve of the meeting of the heads of state, Mm -hmm. but with um, the lockdowns that we have had and inability to travel to the country, many more of us are able to join this important forum via the virtual platform. Mm. Busi, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. 
So, I mean, thank you for that because it contextualizes quite a number of things because as governments try and reach specific goals and they have their own issues that they want to address, it's very, very important for, for business to, to collaborate with government. As you said, you know, there are three spheres and stakeholders of this, including civil society as well. Looking at what kind of discussions happened yesterday, for instance, I, I want to touch a little bit on the economy and innovation, digital economy and innovation, because what we've seen in other countries where this has been supported greatly is that there is this this funding of innovation that that is far more than what we're seeing for instance in countries like ours um I know there are complexities to that, and I want to know whether people went into those discussions because often you would find funders um, saying, for instance, you know, give us give us a, a model that we can we can test. Well, innovation in its very nature is newness, right? So there is nothing you can present to somebody that has worked before if it's innovation, and so those tensions between what financial institutions would ordinarily ask from an individual and the government imperative or BRICS imperative to get the society to move towards uh, innovation. How do we balance those two out? So, Pimino, uh, and it was a very interesting discussion. I joined it, especially for parts of uh, the presentation where our South African colleagues were presenting. Mm -hmm. And I actually got also some of the Chinese Mm -hmm. input, which was very interesting because you will remember that China has actually become the hub of digital innovation in instances leapfrogging some of the much more advanced Mm -hmm. economies which have had digital platforms for much longer. Mm -hmm. Now, um, and secondly, I think an important thread to weave into that, when the president spoke about economic recovery, Mm -hmm. I had him to mention infrastructure, mm-hmm. I had him referred to energy as being critical, and I had him referred to digital economy as being absolutely critical because the COVID experience has taught us mm-hmm. how isolated we can be mm-hmm. if we can't connect virtually. Mm-hmm. So much has changed under lockdown and because of COVID, and some of that will probably continue going forward. We had, as part of our panel, or representing Team SA, in this particular uh, digital economy and innovation discussion, we had the CEO of IBM um, South Africa, Mm. very strong focus on the need for skills development Mm. in especially an economy such as South Africa. And I loved the fact that we had actually a company with South African roots in that particular discussion, represented by um, Puchi Mahanyele Dabengwa. And um, she actually had very practical examples of how a a company with uh, South African roots has been able to reach out in Brazil, invest in what was then a very small food delivery company, and has now been able to help that business expand into thousands of cities. I thought that was a very exciting model of a practitioner who also brings to the table a check. So the development finance institutions, the banking, all the people that are responsible for funding, 
I think should be looking for partners with expertise mm. in that particular field mm. who will help them assess the opportunities mm. and assist them to uh, assist those small companies to actually grow a bigger footprint. South Africa is actually has very exciting opportunities, not just emanating from the government-funded space, mm. such as the CSIR, where we have cutting-edge technology being developed. But there are companies that are in all manner of new technologies, Internet of Things, and all of that. And what we need is to, as you correctly point out, bring the people with the funding mm. to the table and bring the people who can support in terms of access to markets. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break, if you don't mind. I've got a chance to take a quick break, and I'll be back with more of your calls. If you really want to be a part of this conversation, you're more than welcome to do that via telephone, or you can also do that via WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. My guest is Busima Buza, who's a chairperson of Team SA at the BRICS Business Council. Uh, as we speak, BRICS Business Forum has begun. They started uh, some discussions yesterday. It will go on until the 28th with some breaks in between. But lots of conversations happening amongst uh, stakeholders, amongst uh, different countries about really serious issues. Um, I just want to welcome you back, Busi, and just touch on, I'm very curious about the session that took place yesterday, challenges and opportunities for sustainable development and ways of going green. What was defined as challenges? So everybody is, of course, looking for a sustainable future. Um, Pimelo, thank you so much once again. And um, there are a number of challenges that uh, were presented by the various countries, including legacy technologies that they would have to deal with in order to move to the new, greener, environmentally sound uh, way of operating. Mm -hmm. We had representing South Africa Incorporated there, Lebukhan Zulu, who is actually focused on um, construction industry. Mm -hmm. And there were opportunities, very exciting opportunities, that she was seeing there. And former ESCOM CEO, Mr. Brian Dunnett, who is currently working in an energy business, renewable energy business, presented very exciting options and alternatives for smart energy solutions that do not need to be linked to the legacy grids and that can therefore provide solutions localized and without the environmental impact that we've seen in the legacy technologies. So that was another very exciting opportunity. And of course, um, Pimelo, you have countries such as India and China who have made very heavy investments in green technologies, be they transport, be they healthcare, be they energy. Mm. And they had their opportunities that they were presenting to the delegates. And I think that was very, very interesting and informative. So I hope some entrepreneurs had the opportunity to actually sit in and see what the rest of the world is doing because therein we can find 
the opportunities that we can bring to our country. The challenges that we're facing as a country at the moment is that many of these countries that have been successful and, you know, you made mention of China, for instance, in the digital space, and they really have been. India is another one where they are quite uh, innovative in their digital spaces as well. But what you see and find is that a lot of that has been policy driven, even with your renewable energy. So a lot of investment coming through as government makes it their business to either from a policy point of view, push the money that direction or, you know, accelerate the growth of the particular sector. We are finding ourselves in a very tough position. We've, we've been experiencing COVID and what it's done to our economy. Where is this money going to come from? First of all, I think the noises that we're hearing from government are very, very promising. Mm. Immediately following the president's um, announcement of the economic recovery plan. We had the Minister of Energy announcing a relaxation of regulations Mm. for municipalities who can now go Mm. and procure their own energy solutions. Mm. They have to be credit worthy, of course, Mm -hmm. in order to access the the markets. But I think that's a huge step forward. The appetite is undoubtedly there, Pimelo. And secondly, we, yes, the, the fiscal is constrained in terms of funding, but the balance sheets of uh, uh, South African corporates yes. are actually very, very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. They're very healthy. Mm. And I suspect that there are investors that are waiting for these regulatory relaxations mm. that open up the new opportunities. Mm. So I expect that we will actually see renewed energy coming through and in partnership. Tomorrow, if I may just use the opportunity Mm. to indicate that one of the sessions tomorrow, starting at one o'clock, is focusing exactly on this issue, the role of PPPs in the context of the crisis that we're coming out of. Mm -hmm. And then we will have, in that particular session, we'll have um, Dr. Hosienzu Ramukhopa, who some refer to as Dr. Infrastructure himself. (laughs) And he'll be accompanied, very capably accompanied by Ms. Posha Darby. Mm -hmm. So I think there we will begin to hear how the public and the private sector can collaborate to unlock these opportunities for South Africa. A very strong emphasis that came through yesterday was, please, let's make these initiatives inclusive. So make sure that even if it's a big infrastructure project, Mm -hmm. there are opportunities for small and medium-sized enterprises. Mm -hmm. There are opportunities for women-owned businesses because that's the way we're going to actually get the multiplier effect into our respective economies. I'm really looking forward to the conversations that are going to happen tomorrow. As you said, you know, some of them will include um, the PPE con- PP- PPP conversation, which I know South Africans have been really eager to, you know, to be a part of those conversations because we are dealing a lot with what's happening in our state-owned entities and they affect us directly. So that's that's going to happen at one. Um, another one that will be happening is financial cooperation and the role of financial institutions in this development of, of our country. That's going to be hotly contested, I'm sure. Who's going to be in the panel? <laughs> so in that panel, will be represented by Patrick Lamini, who is the CEO of the DBSA, mm-hmm. and a very fiery lady, Satima Vauda, mm-hmm. who runs her own investment management business. 
So these are people who understand what is happening on the ground yeah. and who understand how the funding can be unlocked. I think it's going to be absolutely amazing, Pimelo. From the sense you got yesterday, give me the sense of the mood. What's what's the mood like? Are member countries and participants and stakeholders optimistic? Is it gloomy? What's the sense there? So if you look at China, for example, they've been able to shield their population Mm. from the worst impact of COVID. Mm -hmm. And they have actually been able to post positive economic growth. Very small, but at least it's not negative growth. The rest of the economies have experienced negative growth because of the lockdown. Mm. However, everybody is enthused by the opportunity that is presented uh, for collaboration towards economic recovery. So I got a sense, uh, Pimelo, that the world is actually our oyster. Mm. I must say, after all, these are people that represent 40% of the world population, mm-hmm. if you add up the, the people in those mm. respective nations, more than 25% of world GDP. Mm. So the opportunity is just to harness and make sure that we're investing in our respective economies. I got a very, very positive sense from the engagement yesterday. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm going to ask that you please just take a few minutes to to take, you know, get a grab of water or whatever, because there is somebody that wants to ask a question in relation to the actual forum itself on voice note. But I want to go to the headlines first. Is it okay for us to keep you holding for five minutes? I'll hold. Okay. Busima uh, Buza is a chairperson of Team SA at BRICS Business Council. The council is taking place at the moment. That forum um, webinar is happening. It started yesterday. It's going to go on until the 28th with some breaks in between. I do see your voice notes. I see your calls. I'll take them after this. It's just gone 1.30. Let me go to Utsila Saku for the latest in headlines. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Good afternoon. This is Mzwandile in Port Elizabeth. You you know, the biggest challenge we have with all of these bricks and what, what, in a way, it actually becomes another capture of a country. Because if the ordinary entrepreneur on the ground cannot access those facilities and what funding is being provided, then, you know, you, you, you find conglomerates now. You find big companies are the ones that access it and then comes and captures the opportunities within a country. And it's not the ordinary people of the country. So one asks the question, what is the point? So unless we're able to take these offerings and make it practically accessible by the ordinary men on the streets of South Africa, then what does BRIC mean for us? It means nothing. Hi, Pimelo. Uh, P here in Alex. Uh, my view is that uh, you know this block has the potential to steer the economies uh, of uh, the world in the right direction uh, because China is a powerhouse and it can topple the U.S. Uh, uh, at any given moment. Uh, um, however, I think uh, the problem is that uh, they are focused more on the already developed sectors of the economy and they neglect the least developed and the least uh, developed people or populations of the economy. We need to put resources into uh, rural areas, into townships, into marginalized communities so that they can be able to as well be carried over into the economies uh, 
and uh, you know be active players uh, within the economies of of these uh, blocks thank you all right let me just uh, give you a chance to respond to that miss um, mabuza i i don't know if you heard both the the voice notes that came through let's start with the very first one that said so what's the point? It's not accessible to, to the ordinary man on the ground. These discussions exclude in their nature, exclude people on the ground. How do you respond to that? Busi Mabuza? Hello, Pimela. Okay. Um, I, 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 I don't know. So well, did, did you hear the voice notes? I did hear the okay, questions. Right. Okay. And I had put myself on, on mute. I apologize <laughs> That's for fine. That. Okay. <laughs> so, Pimelo, I would like to say to my um, compatriot mm. that the government and the president negotiates with these um, respective heads head, head of state on our behalf. It, and then government sets policy for us to then take the opportunity where it presents itself and run with it. Earlier in the year, and in, from the latter part of last year, the Tax Business Council was actually on a wrong show. We were in KZN, mm-hmm. we were in Houting, we were in um, uh, one more province, I can't remember which one. We haven't been able, we were not able to conclude our roadshow to the different provinces because we were trying to reach out to exactly entrepreneurs on the ground to say to them, here are the opportunities. The Tax Business Council operates under nine working groups. Mm-hmm. Agriculture and agribusiness, very important for people on the ground. There's um, green energy and green economy, very important for people on the ground. Infrastructure, I think we're going to see more energy now that the president has announced the 100 billion rent investment that is coming up soon. And I had a commitment to make sure that the delivery of that infrastructure is going to be inclusive and that um, that small business are going to get access to those opportunities. I would urge everybody to please do visit our website. It's very easy to access as a business council, the COWA, mm-hmm. and contact us so that we can put you in touch with the, with the relevant working group mm-hmm. and you can start accessing the information that you may need for your opportunity on the ground. Mm. Having said that, the Business Council is about promoting trade and investment, mm-hmm. which must be done by the people on the ground. Mm. We are just providing the platform to make the linkages. And the, and the response to the other voice note, do you want me to play it for you again, or do you remember it? I think he was uh, indicating that China... Mm. Um, will play a significant role because of their size and their ability to stand up to the other mm-hmm. bigger, com- uh, um, bigger countries. Mm-hmm. However, the concern was that the focus may just be on the developed niche sectors and economies. Now, the beauty of the BRICS nations um, is that they each actually have a very sizable rural component in their different countries. And therefore, they face very similar challenges. Let me take India as an example, Pinello. India's population is largely rural, largely poor. The sectors that they're exposed to, yes, they have 
sectors where they've developed quite rapidly, but there are sectors such as agriculture, very similar to ours, in, in many cases very rural, mm-hmm. but they're able to organize themselves into co-ops and um, other means that can bring lessons to us. Flip the coin, South Africa's commercial farmers have been able to introduce very high technology that those countries can learn from. But also our farmers have been able to increase the export to those um, BRICS countries. Mm. What we need to do, though, is to make sure that even the small and medium-sized farmers that are probably further out Mm. from the markets Mm. find a way to access these opportunities. I mean, that's, and that's, that's yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And, and you're absolutely right. We hear this a lot where, yes, those who are established, particularly in the agricultural sector, it, it's really easy to trade and, and to get access to market. But for those who are on the peripheries, it's, it's, you know, it's become quite hard to, to join the, the bigger economy. Thank you so much. I mean, we'll keep um, ourselves informed with what is happening at the forum uh, conversations that are going to be taking place until the 28th. And thank you for making the time to talk to us. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. That is Busi Mabuza, who's a chairperson of Team SA and uh, BRICS Business Council. The webinars have started. They started yesterday. They'll be happening all the way until the 28th. And I think you are also able to join, but go to their website and you can get more information there.